Okay, welcome to the Friday night Bible study that has not started yet. We'll start at 6.30. I just came on about 10 minutes early to just say hello, and um, I love you guys. I, I regret that we're not able to do this in person, but it's not my fault. It's your fault. You can all move to Plano, Texas, or the DFW area, and then start coming to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, and we can all do this together. Um, or we can meet each other in heaven, which, of course, is very good to do, too. Okay, so uh, am I getting out? Is there anybody connecting? Am I, I'm not seeing any comments come up here. I think maybe I have to click that. Ah, okay, Henry. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, what's going on in the world? Uh, my, less, uh, my, my wife, Leslie, and I have loved to vacation in Lahaina, Maui, Lahaina, Maui Hawaii. They have a saying there, Maui no Kaoi, which is Hawaiian for Maui is the best. Well, Maui's not the best anymore. And as I look at that, you know, Leslie says it's heartbreaking. But it also brings to mind it's only a mere sample of the devastation that's coming to our nation. And it reminds me of the scripture, for she saith on her heart, I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Right now, <clears throat> our, our, our president is corrupt. He, while I can't prove it, he's probably taking bribes, but he's probably been taking bribes and controlled by the Molochs all of his life, at least since he's been in politics. And we are... I've often said we don't get the leaders we want. We don't get the leaders we vote for. We don't get the leaders we deserve. We get the leaders that look like us. So if you want to know the heart of America, look to our leadership. And it's not just Joe Biden. And it's not even just at the governmental le level. And it's not even just the government. Look at who is leading us at the government, both federal, state, and local. Many of them are very corrupt. Many of them are not Christians. Just like with the devastating fires in Maui, they keep saying, well, keep them in your thoughts. Okay, that tells me that America has still not reached the point to where they're going to recommend people pray. They certainly wouldn't say the name of Jesus. Look at who is in our church leadership. Uh-oh. Well, that was my little book I had propped up over there, but it's okay. We'll leave it there. Miss Mark. Anyway, church leadership, many of them, in my opinion, are not preaching the truth. Can't say that they're all corrupt, but a lot of people in banking, almost all of them in the upper leadership, just like our alphabet agencies. You've heard what Fox News has been saying about the FBI and things like that. Our nation is just full of 
Well, what Hal Turner say? Hal Turner just said that they're full of narcissists and corruption and in the leadership. I mean, our nation has fallen away. Our nation has become a habitation of devils, hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird, just like Revelation 18 says. Speaking of that, in praying about what to cover tonight, by the way, we do have a monitor on. Thank you very much, David Phillips. He is monitoring every one of them, and it's sad we have to have a monitor, but people will get on there and say all manner of things that should not be said, said. and so now we have someone monitoring, and so if somebody steps across the line, they'll be deleted and blocked from future posts. It's sad we have to do that, and someone suggested that I do that last week, and I asked for volunteers. By the way, I didn't get any emails of people wanting to volunteer. So we found one of our own. Anyway, we look into the churches. They're not preaching the truth, in my opinion. They're preaching what the people want. They know that the people will not endure sound doctrine, but they have hired to themselves teachers that have itching ears. Their board members are more concerned with the money coming into the plate. They're more concerned with people coming in the door. They are than the truth of the gospel being preached. Not all of them, but enough of them to where, you know, it used to be that the church was feared. And the politicians didn't do things because they were afraid that the church would Rip them a good one. People don't fear the church. They don't fear church leadership anymore. They don't listen to the church. We have leadership in our education. Filthy, dirty. I mean, a lot of our leadership. So our, our nation is in a lot of trouble. So what I'm thinking about doing, there's only two more chapters to Acts. What I'm thinking about doing is jumping over and reading from the scriptures that are talking about American Bible prophecy. And that would be Revelation 18, Jeremiah 50, 51, Isaiah 13, and we probably won't even get through with those. Someone asked, okay, so how long are you going to be doing the Bible study on Friday nights? My heart is to say forever, but in reality, I think that Probably, now I do not know, okay, I do not know, but I think, I feel that by the end of the year, early part of next year, I'm going to be in Israel, and I don't even know if I'm going to be posting every day. I don't exactly know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be some of the most important days of my life. I mean... All right, I got three minutes here. Let me let me just talk for a minute. See, this is my chance to talk when no one can interrupt. <laughs> the question is, is that a good thing? Um, I have stood in a cave. Could I couldn't find it again? My life depended on it. But Ron White, Ron White said to all of us, the twenty-eight of us on the tour. You're all within a stone's throw of the Ark of the Covenant. And he said that the angel that came to him in the chamber when he was in there with the Ark of the Covenant one time, 
said that the day would come when the devil brings out his Ten Commandments, that God is going to bring out his Ten Commandments. When the devil says he is God, God is going to prove, now this is not exactly word for word, but it's pretty close. He's going to then prove that Jesus was the Messiah. He's going to show them the three cross holes, the crack to the left. Now, of course, Ron White's gone to be with the Lord now, but who knows? I, I could be possibly involved in all of that. I don't know. I mean, when a guy goes to Israel and finds the massive oil that 33 scriptures say is there, uh, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I've asked him to send me text when when I'm something's happening, and I'm I'm getting some text here. Just a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, okay. Here's good. Auto is good. Okay. All right. When when I find the oil in Israel. And 33 scriptures says that it's going to be found. I think that a whole lot of things are going to happen. A whole lot of things I'm, I'm basically scared to talk about. I, I, things I've just kind of held in my heart, but some big, big, big things could be happening. Um, I mean, like global things. Yeah, that's I probably shouldn't say anything more. Matter of fact, probably what I need to do is just get on to the Bible study. So that's what I'll do. All right, mate. I'm I'm trying to check my messages here. So um, David says you're going to send me a message when somebody has said something here that I need to see. So he's monitoring. Okay, so let's pray. First of all, Lord, we worship you. We say, great, marvelous. Are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When they see you roll back the heavens like a scroll, and when they see eternity entered into time, and they see you on your white horse, along with the two angels with the sharp sickles, when they see you blow the, blow the morning star down, cleanse the earth of all sin in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, then is fulfilled, then will lightning shine from the east even unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. When they see that, and we can step outside of time into eternity and look back on time and see everything done, every place we want to look, everything that is not hidden by a garment, when we see what you've done, Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And we will cast our crowns at your feet, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. And Lord, we love you but we're also afraid of you. We know that you are the righteous judge. You kill, you make alive, you wound, you heal, and neither can any deliver out of your hand. 
You have the keys of hell and death, and we desire to please you, to be pleasing in your eyes, to do that thing that is, is right in your eyes. And Lord, we ask that you would show us the deep and secret things within your word. Help us to understand. And Lord, we know that none is holy, none is righteous, no, not one. So those things in our life that are not pleasing to you, speak to our heart several times, many times, as many times as is needed until we can be clean and walk before you clean so we can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, Lord, show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand your word, what it meant when you wrote it, now and also into the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to start our Bible study in Acts chapter 27. There's two more chapters, and then I'm thinking that we'll jump over and talk about American Bible prophecy. Okay, so, yes, I, 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 I look over and I see these compliments. It just makes me want to cry. I see all of you people that are all watching, and it just does my heart so much good. I had a, had a lady visit our church Sunday, and she said, I never miss one of your broadcasts. Thank you. And she says, I want to say, she, she let me straighten the eyes, kind of, kind of a little bit of a rebuke. She says, I want to tell you that there are people that are listening to you. And I said, yes, I know. Thank you. But it doesn't feel like it. Not until the whole world is hearing what I'm saying about Jesus and his coming and the judgment that he's about to bring. And so she says, I understand. So as I look over here and I see these people, I, I just, it makes me want to cry. And I just want to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming to the Bible study. Thank you for watching Prophecy Club. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, our names are on the book of life. One of these days, we're going to live together for all eternity. All eternity. I heard it said that when I was a young child, imagine a bird flying by the rock of Gibraltar, which is this really, really, really big rock, once every thousand years, and it wipes its beak on that rock of Gibraltar. After a thousand years of just wiping its beak, one time every thousand years, when the rock of Gibraltar is all worn down, eternity has just started. That's, that's a pretty good way to say eternity. Forever and ever, ever and ever, and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you and I are going to spend time together without sin. And we're going to be able to eat of the 12 fruit that yield each month. The leaves of the tree will be for the healing of the nations. We will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. So there's a lot of good things coming. Okay, so let's jump over to Acts. Anyway, I just wish I could see. I wish I, I, I wish I could be there with you. Okay, here we go. Okay, let's see. I click this and then share screen. And we want this. Okay, so here we are. <clears throat> Acts 27. Paul is now sailing to Rome. Now, you remember, God had sent him in to prophesy, well, let me, to preach, maybe, to deliver the gospel to, uh, the, 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 to Caesar. He wanted Caesar to get the gospel. We talked about it last week. 
when Caesar said, almost, Paul, almost you convinced me to be a Christian. And when it was determined that he should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain of their other prisoners and one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustus band. See, so they had musical bands back then. No, no, just I'm just making a joke, okay? Making fun of it. And entered into the ship of Darenthum, I think. We launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go under his friends to refresh himself. And when he had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because of the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the Sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us thereon. And when we had sailed slowly many days scarce, where we come over against Snedus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed unto Crete over against Salmone. And hardly passing it, came into the place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lacia. Now when much time was spent, when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and of the ship, but also of our lives. So God spoke to Paul and said, look it, if you keep going the direction you're going to go, there's going to be big trouble. Now, what should have happened is the captain should have called everybody on the ship right then and there into a big fair and, uh, fasting and prayer service. And they should have fasted and prayed. Just like America right now. I mean, we're getting, I in my 30 years of Dale Carnegie and 40 years studying Bible prophecy, I've never seen God speak so much. Never, ever, ever. I mean, there's, he's speaking to a lot of people, a lot of really powerful things. Some of them, are warnings. Like, for example, Dana Coverstone, in my opinion, is getting a lot of the warnings. And they are calls to pray. And just like this, the people on this voyage should have been fasting and praying. Matter of fact, I guess I should mention that I recommend that you join us at Fast Track or Fast Gap. As a matter of fact, since I think I can do this, I'm going to try something here. I'm going to try to jump to Prophecy Club and show you how you join Hang on, let me, okay, hang on, hang on, okay, I have to stop sharing, I'm not real good at this, and we don't want that open, all right, let's see, what do I click, I go to this, all right, I got, I got, I got, I got, hang on, share screen, I want a window, and I want this one, okay, so now you're, <laughs> Not good. Okay, that's not good. That's that's not going to work because it it's like a because we're airing on Prophecy Club. So let me stop sharing that one more. Anyway, if you go to Prophecy Club, slide to the bottom. You can sign up for uh, either Fast Track or Fast Gap. Let me get back to this. I'm just learning this. Okay, so now we're back. 
So he said in them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt with much damage, not only the lading in the ship, in other words, the items in the ship that they're getting paid to ship, but also the people aboard. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. In other words, they didn't believe the man of God that was warning them. Kind of like today, we, I mean, I know that there are some people in high places, high governmental places, high military places that listen to Prophecy Club. But have they called me and said, Stan, what do you think about this? No. Stan, what's happening in this? No. They, they, they have, no. I had one time we were at a, uh, I think that was the 48-hour fasting prayer of the Solomon September Assembly, and I had a, a man walk up to me and he said, I just want to introduce myself. He said, I'm a police officer here in the DFW area. He told me what department, which I won't mention. There's like 54 cities in the DFW area. Probably okay to say it, but I won't. And he says, I just want to let you know that I know for a fact that not just me, but many of the officers on our department and probably, truth be known, many other officers and not just police, but also military and political people. He says, you have no idea of how many people really are listening and following what you're saying. And I said, well, I, I appreciate that. But apparently not the right people are listening because we continue to keep going. As a nation, we continue to keep going the wrong way. Anyway, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which are spoken by Paul. They, he didn't receive the prophecy. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means that they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is a haven to Crete of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. Okay, did you get that? So while they were still in port, they were still safe. Paul said, guys, if you go out, you're going to lose the ship. You're going to lose the things on the ship and maybe even some of the lives. But they enlisted Paul. They lived some man of God. They did it their way. And they went ahead and loose from port. And here's what happened. But not long after there arose a tempestuous wind called Eurycladon. When the ship was caught and could not bear up under the wind, we let her drive. In other words, just be blown by the wind. And running under a certain island, which is called Clotta, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day we lightened the ship, meaning that they're throwing off the cargo, just like Paul warned them. Just like the watchmen are warning America right now, same thing, they're not listening. We be exceedingly tossed by the tempest. They next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast it out with our own hands, the tackling of the ship. So now that's not just their goods, the tackling is all of the devices that they use to run the ship, ropes and stuff like that. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all the hope we should be saved was then taken away. 
But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. In other words, Paul just kept his mouth shut. I told you. I warned you. He didn't say that. Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. In other words, you got to stay in the ship if you want to live. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe that God shall be, even as it was told to me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven upon, up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded. I mean, they dropped down like a big heavy whatever on the end of a long string. And they found it to be twenty fathoms deep. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms, so they know that they're coming closer to land. Then fearing lest we should fall in upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. As the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat under the sea, another color, as they as though they were had last cast as though they would have cast anchors out of their foreship. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Except ye abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Guys didn't listen to me. We shouldn't have loosed from Crete. I said the ship, the lading would be in danger. It was. I went down and listened. Instead, you listen to the captain. You listen to the people that wanted to make money, basically. And now, I warned you this time, don't leave the ship. I'm telling you, if these guys get off the ship, they're dead men. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. While the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. So they did do some fasting. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of all of them. When he had broken it, he began to eat, began to eat. Then there were all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were there in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. Okay, 203 score. What's a score? Score is 20. Three scores, 60. So it's 260 and 16 souls. That would be 276. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust into the ship. And when they had taken up the anchor, they committed themselves into the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist upon the main sail of the wind and made towards shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they should just that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, 
And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Chapter 28. <clears throat> and when they were escaped, they then knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat, heat and fastened on his hand, meaning one of the sticks he picked up was a snake, threw it into the fire, and the snake came alive. Okay? And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man is a murderer, whom, though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffers not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when they should have swollen or fallen dead suddenly. But after they'd looked a little while and saw no harm come to him, and they changed their minds and said, he must be good. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors, and when we departed, they laid at us with such things as were necessary. And after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. And landing in Syracuse, we carried there three days, and from thence we fetched a compass, and came to Regum. And after one day, the south wind blew, and we came to the next day, Petolioli. That's the way you say it. Where we found brethren, and were desired to tarry with them seven days, and so we went toward Rome. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appi Forum, and the three taverns, whom, when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. When he came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem under the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appear to appeal to Caesar, not that I ought to accuse my nation of, for this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for that hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither have neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee, but we desired to hear of thee. What thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they appointed him a day, now, okay, hang on just a second. Can you imagine taking a gospel that the world had not heard? I mean, the, the only way to get saved before this was through the Jews' way, through sacrificing bulls and goats and turtle doves and stuff like that. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus comes. Paul is one of the few that is telling people that Jesus was prophesied to come. And he came in the fullness of time. 
He died for the sins. He, he bring out a whole new gospel. You think we got a tough... Uh, we, we, you think it's tough to try to talk to people about Jesus right now. It's hard, try to, tough to try to get people to receive what you're saying now. Look at where Paul was. He was like you know, one of probably less than 200 people on the earth. And of course, there was a bunch of people got saved, but how many people could preach like Paul? How many people could bring the, the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to wash their sins away? He was one of the few. So God did special miracles through him to prove his word. And remember, I told you, I've said many times, August the 8th, 2015, Saturday night, Lord, what do you want to say for the sermon tomorrow morning? And I heard words sitting in this chair, looking, there wasn't this monitor, there's another monitor. And I, and I heard words said, this is the time of miracles. As the judgment hits, so will my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. Now, the point being, God sends miracles to prove his word, as he did with Paul and some of the other disciples. There's going to come a time that, I mean, just like it, going back to Hawaii. Okay, right now, Lahaina is burned. It's gone. The whole city burned. It's gone. Are we seeing the churches fill up? Nope. Are we seeing a big revival? Nope. Are we hearing people saying, well, we got to turn to Jesus. We got to repent? Nope. 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 So it's got to get a little tougher, a lot tougher. Not to worry. Jesus knows exactly how tough it needs to get to get America to repent. And it's coming. It's going to come. It's going to come as a woman in travail. As you recall, woman in travail, you know, at first the, uh, the birth pains come small and they're far apart. But then they get harder and closer and harder and closer, harder and closer, harder and closer until finally the baby is born. Well, we're in the birth pain. As a matter of fact, that's another thing. I can show you the very spot in the carpet in Topeka, Kansas, where I was preaching it at the church in there. And this was what? I can't remember the year, 1997 or 8 or something. Remember where the big uh, the big, uh, big storm, what was it, a tsunami? Big tsunami hit Banda Aceh and killed like 160,000 people or something like that. And I was, a, I was a preaching that Sunday as I took a right step. The Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, that was the breaking of the water. Not the start of the tribulation, but the breaking of the water. Because was it uh, Ephesians? I'm forgetting the scripture. That says that Jesus is going to come as a woman in travail. Well, probably that travail, a big, big strike was the fire on in Hawaii, on, on Lahaina. I mean, it, it, it burned the whole city. The whole city is gone. It's gone. Trees, everything. The only thing left is concrete. And a little bit of steel. Okay, let's go on. I'll start at 22. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning the sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came to him 
into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning until evening. Wow. Wouldn't you like to have Americans listen to you that long? From morning till evening? And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed, not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost of Esaias, the prophet, unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, true of most Americans today. And their eyes have they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came into him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him, no one stopping him. Okay, so now we go into Romans, but, and we may pick that up next week, I I don't know, but we're going to jump over. I think I'm going to start with Isaiah 13. Now, I can remember preaching this in a lot of churches. A lot of churches. Two or three. Several times telling them that this is America. And it's so hard to convince Americans yet that this is talking about America. I'm going to try to show you. So it says, the burden, uh, the burden of Babylon, as Vicky Goforth Parnell was confer- confirmed, and also Dimitri Dudeman, and also Henry Groover, that Babylon is the, the word that God calls America in the last days. He basically changes her name from America to Babylon. And of course, the scriptures call us Babylon, the mystery of Babylon, the daughter of Babylon, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos, deceived. Lift up a banner upon the high mountain, exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand, that they may go into the gates of the nobles. For I have commanded my sanctified ones, and I have also called my mighty ones for my anger, even then that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like that of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about, I have called, well, let's put it this way, I've called the Russians. Iran, Iraq, North Korea, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, because he says down here, kingdoms of nations. Not one nation, kingdoms of nations. Like Iraq, kingdom of a nation. Our nations become a kingdom, or a kingdom become a nation. So kingdoms of nations gathered together, and the Lord of hosts musters the host of the battle. They come from a far country. Yeah, Russia. Iran, Iraq, North Korea, Cuba, those are all, well, Cuba's maybe not a far country. Come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation. To what? To destroy the whole land. Because God is angry at America. I'll show you that in scripture in just a second. 
I mean, nobody wants to hear God is, is mad at America. That's true. I'm going to show you scripture in just a second. He is. He's mad at America. Why? Because God, see, if you go to Daniel chapter 7, and we won't, it says, and, and to her is given a, 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 a heart, to him was given the heart of a man, and was lifted up and made stand upon his feet. So America was made a nation that was not a nation. We didn't have a kingdom. We didn't have a king. We didn't have any property. We didn't have any land. But God pulled people out from, you know, a lot of them England, but all over, and brought them into a new land, took it away from the godless Indians, and gave it to the Christians. And God made us a nation that was not a nation. That's what it's talking about. I've commanded my sanctified ones, and I've also called my mighty ones from my anger, even then that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the host of the battle. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation. Now you see that word, indignation, almost without exception, Throughout the scriptures, that word indignation is reserved specifically for the destruction of the nations at the last days, and most specifically, America. It is mostly talking about the day of the Lord, the day of the Feast of Trumpets. Weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. What are we hearing right now? So many people are saying, oh, it's the last days. So many people are saying, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. I mean, like more than I've ever heard in my lifetime. So when they're saying Jesus is coming, what they're saying, the day of the Lord is at hand. When they're saying, some people are saying the tribulation started. They're saying the day of the Lord is at hand. So these are the days when they're really saying that more than perhaps any, maybe, maybe not in a long time. It should come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, shall all hands be faint. And every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. Talking about America. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. As we were just talking about that. And they shall be amazed. One at another, their faces shall be as flames. Why would their faces be in flames? Kind of like Lahaina, Hawaii right now. Their faces are as flames when they saw that flame coming through. And that was devastating. They say that that is the second biggest disaster to ever hit Hawaii. Yeah, well, America, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's a mere sampling of what God is about to do. For she saith in her heart, I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. Therefore shall a plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. Second time he said that. Both cruel with wrath and fierce anger, and lay to the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners out of it. See, a lot of the, the pre-tribbers want to say, oh, no, you know, first he, he takes us out. Then he brings, well, no, that's not what it says. It says he destroys the sinners out of it. When two people are in the field working, one is taken, the other left, the one that's taken is a sinner. Two people, two people in bed, one is taken, the other left. The one that's taken is the sinner. That's what the Bible says. He'll destroy the sinners thereof out of it. 
For the stars of heaven and the constellations shall not give their light. When does that happen? That happens in the fifth vial. Sun goes out. Sun goes out, does not light again. Shall not give her light. The sun shall be dark and it's going forth and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. That happens the last week before Jesus returns. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud, that would be America, to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. See, right now America thinks it's the greatest nation. Greatest nation in human history, at least modern times. And they don't think anything can take us down. We are the nation that cannot fail. Yeah, big problem. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the gold golden wedge of Ophir. Well, he's saying that if you take all of the gold found on the earth, maybe even all of the gold every place, by the time Jesus returns, the weight of that gold would weigh more than all of the humans alive on that day. Means, as Isaiah says, few men are left. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place. Isaiah, I believe it's 19, says the earth removeth, uh, removeth uh, back and forth as, forth as a cottage, and that's like a hammock. Um, Turneth upside down, scattereth abroad the inhabitants of Isaiah 19, I believe it is. I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts. And in the day of his fierce anger, and shall be as a chased roe. Now, what's a roe? It's a deer. So try to imagine yourself chasing a deer. What are the chances you're going to catch a deer? You're not. But what that's saying is all of the people in America, when the Russians, the North Koreans, whoever else it is, when they come in, all of the Americans are going to be like running from them like a deer runs from a person. It'll be as a chased roe. And it's a sheep that has no man taken it. They have no place to lay their head. They don't have food. They don't have water. And they're running for their life. Because a nation that God has blessed, God has raised up, given military equipment, military know-how above America, has now invaded our nation. And the sinners in our nation are running like crazy for their life. I believe that the Christians are going to be cared for. I don't think it's a pre-trib rapture. I don't think it's a rapture, not until the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is about four months before Jesus returns. It should be as a chaste row and as a sheep that no man taketh up. And they shall every man turn to his own people and flee everyone into his own land. That's another thing. <clears throat> one of the things I want to do when we get to Israel, once we've hit oil, I want to go to the nation of Israel, and I want to say, I'd like to make arrangements to bring Christians and Jews back from all around the world. And I want to buy an airline, I didn't say an airplane, an airline to be bringing Christians and Jews back to Israel from around the world. And there's a lot of things that God has laid on my heart, but we will see if that all happens. And I cannot say that he has ever told me to do that, but I can tell you he has laid that on my heart many years ago to do. So, I think there is a time coming when the Spirit of God is going to start speaking to people, telling them it is time to leave America. I remember June the 14th of 2008 when uh, 
How am I doing? All right. Let me just take a second and explain. I know some of you heard this testimony. You heard this story, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll speak more about it in just a second here. So in 1982, a part-time pastor, full-time oil man by the name of Hayseed Stevens out of Willow Park, Texas, was invited to go to Israel with a group of other oil men to meet Menachem Begin. He said while he was there, he said the Lord spoke to his heart and said the world's largest oil field is located at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. He said, well, if that's true, it's got to be in the Bible. So he went to the Bible, started researching. He found 17 scriptures that say in the last days, massive amounts of oil will be found in Israel. He came back and long story short, he started a company to gather the funds to go drill the well in Israel. In 1995, 1998, we put him on a speaking tour, 10 different cities, which blew financial life into his vision to go drill the well in Israel. And I should also say in 1991, he flew me to Israel, took me to the southwest end of the Dead Sea and say, that speaker right there, that's where we drilled a time before, which I won't go into that story. Anyway, 1998, we put him on the 10 city speaking tour. 2003, he fell dead of a heart attack. His son took over the company and it didn't go so well. 19, or in 2007, his former attorney called me and asked if I would be willing to start a new oil corporation to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. My exact words were, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, I'll pray about it, but <laughs> probably not. So my prayer that night to get me out of it was, Lord, as you know, I don't have any extra $5,000 laying around. Give this attorney to start some oil company. So if you want me to start it, send the money. I thought that was a real good prayer. Got me out of it. Next day, I didn't even think about it. Gone. But a phone call came in from the office. Lady wants to talk to you about oil in Israel. Why do people keep calling me? I have anything to do with oil in Israel. Well, as you've been a faithful $50 a month partaker now for over 10 years, I think you ought to call her. Well, I wasn't going to call her anyway, but now I felt obligated. Thank you for calling. The reason I asked you to call is because two nights ago, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to give you $30,000 to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. My exact words were, well, fine. <laughs> she sent the check. January 2 of 2008, we started Prophetic Oil Company. I set up an 18-city tour, 18-city speaking tour, and part of what I was talking about was oil in Israel. From Beaumont all the way up into Minneapolis. After I spoke in Amarillo, June the 14th, that night before I went to bed in my prayer closet, I said, Lord, I hope you please what we're doing because it's not going so well. You know, we're spending $3,500 per city in advertising, not many people showing up, not many people getting saved. And that night I heard words. I promise, I heard words. And they said, Stan, I will give you the money to drill the well in Israel. I answered back. I mean, I literally, in the middle of the night, I spoke words out of my mouth. I said, the oil well in Israel? But there was no answer. It was like, son, I've said all I'm going to say. So, Part of what I usually don't tell people, but the rest of that night, God spoke to me. It was like I was sitting in a chair, like a desk, like in school, for the rest of the evening. He spoke to me. Now, 
I'd like to be able to tell you everything he said. I've, I've tried many times. I prayed to ask to remember. I, I don't remember it. It's like he spoke things into my spirit. The only thing I can remember is this. He said, those prophecies I gave your wife, when those began to come to pass, people from all directions began to turn and listen to your ministry. Now, let me jump to what we were just talking about. It's on my heart to buy an airline. I want to be able to fly people back to Israel, Christians and Jews, to get them out of the war-torn countries and get them out to hopefully out of devastating times or maybe before the devastation. And then, of course, Leslie was shown those seven newspaper headlines leading to the fall of America. The first one was Omer Usher's in Palestinian state. Those are the prophecies that God gave my wife. So my guess is, hear the word guess, my guess is that when those prophecies start coming to pass, we're already in Israel, have already found oil, have already made a deal with Israel to give me a plot of land to fly the Christians and Jews back to Israel, where a place to live, where I can come on and say, come one, come all. If you want to move to Israel, because by then, probably, those prophecies, you know, Omar Usher's in Palestinian state, let's see, um, is refuses help to America. Omar Usher's in Palestinian state. Catastrophe hits America. One of America's greatest times of need. Israel's attacked. America sends troops. Chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel. Then she heard my voice quoting Dimitri Duda, but the fall of America was started with an internal revolution. So when those start coming to pass, what I like to do is offer a way to people to get out of Dodge, so to speak, to get out of America. And we will see how that all works out. I say all that because this scripture, let me go back to here where you can see it. Everyone that is found shall be thrust through. Everyone that is joined to them shall fall by the sword. So I believe there's a time that God is going to, oh, here, here's another part of it. And they shall every man return into his own people and flee everyone to his own land. I believe that that's saying that, let's say, for example, if your, your ancient uh, family heritage was, say, French, then maybe you would return to France. But what I want to be able to offer people is a way to move to Israel. But I don't know. We, we will see. We'll see how that all works out. We'll see what, what God does. All right. Let's, okay. Back to the scriptures then here. Okay. Right. Let me get them big where I can see them. All right. Let me, let me back. I'll start at 16. Their children all shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled, their wives shall be ravished. Behold, I will stir up the meads against them, which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. In other words, the meads, who are they? Go check it out, look it up, it's Iraq. So what it's saying is God has made Iraq angry at us. We just moved out, and we just gave them $85 billion worth of the most advanced military hardware. In my opinion, (laughs) 
I'm avoiding all kinds of things to say about our president. So there, I didn't say anything bad about our president. If you think he's our president. Anyways, Paul, <laughs> I will strip the king that the Medes against them, which shall not regard silver, nor as for gold, I shall not delight in. In other words, they come to attack America because they hate America, because America went over and devastated their country. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the wound. Their eyes shall not spare children. And Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms. Okay, so ask anybody. America is the, the richest, most powerful nation on the planet. We're the greatest nation that has ever been in, in modern times. That's what it's saying here, because she is the glory of the kingdoms and the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency. Now, why does he call it Chaldees? If you go back into and you find out what the Chaldeans believe, it was stuff like stargazing and New Age stuff. And a lot of Americans are into that, not Jesus. So that's what he's saying. It's the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency. It's a bunch of sinners, is the way God would say it. The beauty of the Chaldees' excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Can I tell you how many times Scripture says that America is going to be overthrown like Sodom and Gomorrah? It shall never be inhabited. Why? Why would America, a wonderful nation, not be inhabited again? Could it be because of the nuclear fallout and the radiation? Neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. In other words, as we go into the millennium, still, nobody lives in America. Nobody wants to live. It's radiated. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there. Neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures. And owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. Now, here's how I look that up, by the way. If you want to see what doleful creature is, then I'm going to pop this up so that's on the top. I push F10. Then you can see down here, doleful. I click on that, and it's a howler, a lonesome wild animal. So I can look up, like, what is the Greek or the Hebrew real quick, just that quick. And the owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. And the wild beasts of the island shall cry in their desolate houses, and dragons in their pleasant places. And her time is near to come, and her days shall not be prolonged. Now, I could jump to Revelation 18. I better. Yeah. Let's go to Revelation 18. Running out of time. <clears throat> I talked for a long, a long time on these. Revelation 18. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. I think that this is the angel over America. As Michael is the archangel over Israel, I think this unnamed angel is the angel over America. And the angel that is over America is reporting that we have fallen. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen. Now, this is fallen, is fallen, is found like six times throughout the Bible. Every time it's talking about America. I won't go into showing you that. But the point is, why does it say is fallen, is fallen? God does not put extra words into his Bible to make it thicker. So he can sell more copies. Okay, Every word means something. So why is it that God put is fallen, is fallen? 
okay, it's going to take me a second to show you this, but it's important to show you. So I will show you. Hang on. We want this one, and I think I can do this. Wait, I know what. Let me do it this way. All right. Stop sharing. And we go to, I'm going to show you something different. Show, I'm, see this chart behind me? I'm going to go to that chart. Right there. Okay, so <clears throat> the is fallen is fallen is this. The first is fallen is the one that's talking about when Dimitri Dudin was talking about, and that's because sins in the church. And the first is fallen happens uh, right about in here where it says Babylon fallen one, Revelation 14, 8, where you could also put Revelation 18, what was it? Two there, I think it was. So this is the first Babylon is fallen. And I think Vicki Parnell was correct when she said that See, this is the first fruits. This is the barley harvest or the 144,000 year-old Jewish boys resurrected. They walk around for 50 days while the angel flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach them that dwell on the earth, every people, nation, language, and tongue, saying, fear God and give glory in him, worship him that made heaven, the earth, the fountains, waters, and seas, and all that sort of stuff. So the angel's flying through the air saying all of that. 50 days later, the 144,000, the barley harvest, or the Jews, then along with those that are ready, the, the wheat, this is the wheat harvest, then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And as Vicky said, as we go up, the bombs come down. And that's what I already had written in this chart. That's kind of the way I see it, too. Bombs come down, we go up. It's not a rapture. It's not protecting anybody from any trouble. We've already been tested. We've already been through six and a half years, almost six and three quarter years of testing. This is where we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's not about us. This is where Jesus is brought before the Ancient of Days. He's given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. And that all people, nations, and languages shall serve and obey Him. We only get a wedding garment. Here, this is us right here. We get a wedding garment. Then four months later, we get the white horse with Jesus. Jesus, however, is crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. He's given many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own blood, and then both he and us get white horses to return here for the great harvest or for Armageddon or for the seventh trumpet here. So the first is fallen is here. The second is fallen is here. The first is fallen is because of sins in the church. The second is fallen. I'll show you this in Scripture in just a second. Is because they kill the saints. So most of the saints are killed from here to here. The last four months, it is a bloodbath, especially in America. Okay, now let me stop sharing. Go back to this. Hang on. Sure is cumbersome to change this. Okay, we're back now. Okay, so Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Is fallen, is fallen. It's become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, 
in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. I remember when I was reading this 40 years ago, I thought, man, that's not America. But today, that's America. I'd, I'd say, yeah, that's America. For all nations are drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. Now, what does that mean? I do not think that what Adam and Eve ate was an apple. I think it was a grape. If you go through and look up apples, I think there's like six verses that have a word apple in it. But like 248 verses that have a word grape or wine or um, wine press or something like that. And the center of just about everything goes wrong in our world is the grape or wine is at the center of it. And so wine, think of it as just sin. So it's saying this is the nation, all nations that have drunk of the wine, I mean, all nations have became sinners as a result of America. Well, wait a minute. America is what took the Bible of the world. Yes, America was the one that took the Bible of the world. But now who makes the movies? The filthy, dirty movies. America. Who prints all of the magazines and the books, the filthy, dirty magazines and books? Who is the one that makes all of the music? I remember I was in Japan once, and I walked into this. It was, it was huge in downtown Tokyo. This was like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Four-story building just to sell music. And when we first walked into the hotel we were at, I noticed this really beautiful Japanese music playing in the background. I said, where can I get a copy of that? Well, down here, about four blocks turn here, big building, you know. Would you write down the name of the song? I wrote down the name of the song. So I walked into this music building, and I said, I'd like to get a copy of this. And here's a big statue of Elvis Presley and all of this American music. He took me, he took me and Leslie over to one wall. It's about four foot wide, about six foot tall. Oh, this is Japanese music. <laughs> I said, you mean you have four stories of American music? It wasn't music from Norway. It wasn't music from Mexico or from Germany. It was American music. Four stories of American music and four by six feet was Japanese music. So what nation is it that has taken the filth to the world? Kind of like the Pied Piper. The world has followed America and America walked over the cliff away from Jesus into the hands of the devil and the world has, so that's what it's saying. For all the nations are drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth had committed fornication with her. In other words, all of the nations gone along with this. It should have been that nations started, yeah, we already have your kind of movies. In. We don't have those kind of magazines in our nation and cut them off. For that matter, the church, see, this is the problem. The church was responsible to stop this. We should have never allowed the first cuss word in our movies. We should have never allowed the first skin, inappropriate skin, the inappropriate music, inappropriate magazine. Playboy should have never been allowed to come out. Okay, It was the church. It was our responsibility to put a stop to that. We didn't. That's what it's saying. All the nations are drunk with wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth had committed fornication with her. They went along with it. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. 
think about the billions and billions and billions of dollars been made off of movies and music and magazines and books, you know, filth sells. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of here, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and you receive not of her plagues. I think there is a time coming, possibly in the next few years, where the Spirit of God is going to be directing people to leave America. For her sins reach unto heaven, God hath remembered her iniquities. What's that saying? Well, a nation that is washed in the blood of Jesus, their sins don't reach the Father. This was the situation with America before we started falling. But as we've walked away from Jesus, our sins have been reaching God. And that's the reason the next scripture says, reward her even as she rewarded you. Now, my question here is, who is you? Reward her even as she rewarded you. Who is the you? Who's the you? Reward her even as she rewarded you. The you is you and me. The you, that's the Christians. It's saying that America is going to kill the Christians in America and be the primary thing that was supposed to stop the Christians from being killed around the globe and didn't. So when it says reward her, even if she rewarded you, in other words, as America does to the Christians, God is going to do to the sinners in America. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup that she has filled, filled to her double. If you go back and read Leviticus 26 or Deuteronomy 28, it specifically says that he's going to pour it out double. I remember when, I don't know, it was several years after I had turned away from the sin, boy, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you go back to that, and I'm going to put all those sins back on you double. That's the way God does it. Same thing, not just me, but you too. You think about the things in your in your past in your background in your past life. You know when you were, were not walking with the Lord and we were in sin. If you were to go back to that, what God does is put those sins back on you, devil. How much she had glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, "I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow." That's what America says. Now, yeah. I said a queen. I'm not I'm not seeing any trouble. And I think a lot of that is they think they have been taught that there is a pre-trib rapture. A pre-trib rapture is going to come and save them. Consequently, yeah, saith in her heart, I said a queen. Yeah, I'm I'm the greatest. Nobody can ever take me out. I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. Therefore, in other words, because you wouldn't listen to me because you wouldn't receive Jesus, because you wouldn't listen to my warnings, because you wouldn't repent and turn back to me. Therefore shall our plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. One day, Henry Groover said that he saw submarines so close they were almost looked like they were parked on our beaches. He saw the front of the submarines open up, just like the World War II. Thing. And he saw soldiers come out and go into America. And he said, I, he saw that, okay, dogs keep barking here. I got I to gotta see what they got here. Hang on.
One dog was in the room. The other dog wanted in and was not going to give up until I let her in. So this is Leslie's dog. Okay, so. Therefore, shall plagues come in one day. He said he saw these soldiers that looked Asian coming out of these submarines. And as they came in and they met the Americans, the Americans' bullets wouldn't even fire. That's a scary thing. He saw that when they launched their, their weapons, their missiles, it was 60 seconds from the time they launched to when they detonated. In these days and times, they say that Russia has some 8,000 nuclear warheads. <laughs> if they just put one, and by the way, these are not Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Ford, kiloton. These, they say, are 350 times more powerful than Nagasaki and Hiroshima. As a matter of fact, there's a, see if I can remember it. Let me see if I can look it up. Let me write this down. Where am I? Okay, I'm in 18.8, I'll say. That's all I want. There you go. Jeremiah, which is, I started to read Jeremiah 50, 51. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved. <laughs> Think about it. So all of these nuclear bombs landing on America, all within the same hour, some people think it will turn the earth upside down. And as Isaiah 19 or 21. Here we go. The Lord rideth upon the swift cloud. The idols of Egypt shall be moved. That's not what we want. That's not what we want either. Okay. Earth. Twenty-four. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean, dissolved. The earth has moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard. Remember I said, and removed as a cottage. That word cottage, well, here I'll just show you. Cottage uh, is like a hammock. Bingo, right there. So, yeah, I've done a lot of, a lot of Bible studies. Okay, therefore shall our plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, in other words, all of these nations that have gone along with all this filth, played our movies, played our music, played our and, and distributed our Playboy magazines and things like that, yeah, they got rich off of it, but they're also judged. Therefore shall plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication live deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off. Now why do they stand afar off? 
Because normally when someone is being hurt, someone runs to help. When a nation is being attacked, like, for example, Ukraine, America is running to help, which I think is the wrong thing to do, by the way. And that, that'll get me off subject before I start talking about that. Um, they stand far off because America got hit with nuclear weapons. They don't want to go in there for the fire, the devastation, and the radiation. Standing far off for the fear of torment, saying, alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, America, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys the merchandise anymore. Now notice, they didn't care that the people were destroyed. They cared that they weren't going to buy their merchandise anymore. Okay, so who is it that buys all the merchandise? It's America. Like right now, we don't even make hardly anything anymore. China or somebody out there outside of America is making almost everything. Our cups, our saucers, our computers, everything, our cars. What do we make in America? You know, like what? Very little. Standing far off of the fear of a torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is that judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, because no man buys the merchandise anymore. What merchandise? Merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet, all fine wood, all manner of vessels of ivory, all manner of vessels of most precious wood, brass, iron, marble, cinnamon odors, ornaments, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, bees, sheep, horses, chariots, slaves, and souls of men. It's saying slavery is returning to America. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. My guess is the entire Maui, which is one of the seven islands of Hawaii, probably no one there is enjoying their meal tonight. Even though that restaurant was not destroyed, they're probably not enjoying it. In other words, after God hits America, there's so much devastation. There is no more happiness. The fruits thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. All things dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. Why is it they don't find them no more at all? Because four months later, Jesus returns, and this whole world is over. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off again, for afraid of the radiation, for fear of her torment. What is torment? Torment is a pain that you cannot endure. In our natural body, it is so painful we would pass out. Only in our spiritual body, we can't pass out. Torment is pain. We can't stand, we can't take it, but we can't stop it. That's torment. It's the worst pain that you cannot stop. Let me say it again. It's the worst pain that you cannot stop. They say 55 people were burned in the fire in Lahaina, Hawaii, in the last 48 hours. 55. And another place said that there were a bunch of bodies floating near the pier where some of them had jumped into the ocean to avoid the fire and drowned. I don't know if that's part of the 55 or not. But when devastation hits that much, 
there's not any more happiness. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off at the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city, America, that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Now, what is that saying? If you go back, and we won't do it for fear of time here. Time's about up, and I'm not even close to done here. If you go back and look up, okay, who is it that wears purple and scarlet? The answer is the high priest. So when it's saying they wear purple and scarlet, it's saying these are priests. This is a nation of priests. If you go back and look, it says, and worthy is the lamb to take the book and open the seals there because he was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred tongue, people and nation has made us under a God kings and priests. America is a nation of kings and priests. When we accept Jesus, we become a king and a priest in his kingdom. So when it says purple and scarlet, it's saying America because we are purple and scarlet. We are the kings and the priests. And God has decked us with gold, precious stones, and pearls. Who buys the gold? Who buys the expensive things on the earth right now? It's America. I mean, even though we've been under several years of Bidenomics, we're still far above, financially far above any other nation in the world. For in one hour, that's in 60 seconds. From one hour, so great riches would come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company of ships and sailors, the many as trade by sea, stood afar off. Why? To avoid the radiation. And cried when they saw the smoke of a burning, saying, what city is like it this city? In other words, this is the greatest nation on earth. This is America, okay? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city wherein were made all rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of the costliness. For in one hour she made desolate. Why does it say ships in the sea? We are the nation that buys her merchandise from the rest of the world. We're the only nation that fits that description. We're the only nation that has, I mean, we have some of the biggest ports. We have automation, you know, the ship drives, uh, floats up and, we have cranes that come down and pick up these big containers and move them with, with quick precision and accuracy. Rejoice over her, thou heaven. Now, everything changes with the scripture. Up to this point, I believe this is talking about the judgment that falls upon America because, and let me just double check. Grab my notes. This is where I wrote out the book of Revelation when I memorized it. I want to make certain I'm telling you the right, this right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so here's my notes on that. See the arrows out here? The arrow down is this is talking about from here on is fallen number two. The arrow pointing up is saying this is fallen number one. In other words, fallen number one is where we are judged because of the sins of the church. But starting with this verse on down, this is a different judgment. This is the judgment because she killed the prophets. And when we say prophets, we mean all the Christians. In other words, America becomes 
a Christian killing machine after, I think it is, after the marriage supper of the Lamb, the last four months before Jesus returns, which is why the scripture says, where is it? Um, mm, uh, Revelation 14, 13, yeah, four, Revelation 14, 30. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit. That they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And the works do follow them because they should have been ready to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, but they weren't ready. So they missed it. But even though they are probably going to be massacred, their works still follow them. They cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, America, where were made rich all that hit ships in the sea by reason of the costliness. For in one hour she made desolate. Rejoice over her. Now this is because she kills the prophets, starting right here. Rejoice over her, thou heaven and holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. Who's you? Who's you? That would be the Christians. Because God had to avenge the Christians on America. That's what it's saying. Because God does this because they killed the Christians. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city, Babylon, be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Why? Because four months later, Jesus returns. And the voice of the harpers and musicians and the pipers and the trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman. Whatsoever craft to be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. These are all descriptions saying, yeah, God really destroys it. <laughs> yes, God really destroys it. No, no, no. God really destroys it. You mean he really destroys it? Yeah, he really destroys it. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. The voice of bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. Who's that? Who's the great men of the earth? Who's the great businessmen of the earth? France? Germany? No. Russia? No. China? No. America. <coughs> thy merchants were the great men of the earth. <coughs> For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. What sorceries? Music? Movies? Okay, so let me explain that. When they're deceiving by sorceries, they're deceiving from the earth. When they're deceiving, by, like the Chaldeans did, they're deceiving through the movement of the sun, the moon, and the stars. When they're using like pot and all kinds of drugs and things like that, uh, that those are sources. They're from the source or from the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. That, in my opinion, includes Hollywood, the music. All of those are sorceries because you go to, especially a Disney movie. And I was just remarking to Leslie, you know, that the, the comedies that our children watch today is so amazingly realistic. That's sorcery. Okay. I mean, in other words, those Mickey Mouse, it's not real. Okay. Those things, it's all sorceries. By thy sorcerers are all nations deceived. Now here's the last verse. And in her, meaning America, in America is found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Wait a minute. You mean they bring all of the prophets and saints to America to kill them? No. It means that America is supposed to be the police officer that stands up and holds the wall, stands on the wall, 
and keeps the evil from going in and killing the other Christians. But we fail. We fall on our face. And in her, in America, was found the blood of prophets and saints are all the slain upon the earth. In other words, when Christians are killed in France or Germany or 10 by 2 or wherever it is, God holds America responsible. The church that has not done its job in spreading the gospel, I'm afraid for them. I'm afraid for them. They're, they're in... Keep big trouble. Now, let me close this. I know that God is going to protect us. If we live a clean life, we don't, if we're not carrying a bunch of sins around, even secret sins, they, they count. If we're living a clean life, then we don't have to worry about this. God is going to protect us. He will protect us. He told Dimitri that. He's told almost everybody that comes out with some kind of a big warning that God is sending judgment. Also, God comes right back to that same person and says, but my own, I know how to protect them. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the air that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is the Most High, thy habitation, not your visitation, thy habitation, thou shalt no evil befall thee. Now there shouldn't be any plague coming out of that dwelling. By the way, it's nothing. I know we've only got a few more minutes here, but one of the greatest gifts, one of the greatest blessings God gave me was when he laid on my heart and helped me to memorize the book of Revelation. I cannot impress upon you enough. Get your King James Bible out. Write out the scripture. Don't try to memorize it from the Bible. Write out the scripture. Look, I did here. Okay. By the way, you can get this book. Prophecyclub.com. You can get the copy of this whole book. Matter of fact, this is a copy. Because I don't want to... The original is too precious to me. So, so I this is actually a copy. So you can get a copy of where I wrote out the book of Revelation. But I encourage you to write out your own book as you memorize Revelation, and maybe it's not Revelation that pulls your trigger, maybe it's some other scriptures, but write them out. Uh, Danny Miller that goes to our congregation, he has three by five cards, and I think he said he is up to 85 now, 85 three by five cards, where he writes out scriptures, and then he will flip through them, and one side has the scripture, you know, like John three sixteen, and then the other side is where he wrote out the scripture, and he will flip through those cards, and he's now got a number of scriptures memorized. And I think he'd tell you, you know, he's not a smart person. And I'm not a smart person. But we don't put it on our hard drive. We put it on his hard drive. Pray and ask for God to show you the deep and secret things. Help you to understand. Just like we did tonight. Okay, so we're about done here. Um, I haven't got any text. So, David, I guess that means that there's nothing else I need to 
be looking through these. Hi from Sweden. Well, hello, Sweden. Let me pray for you. Lord, we, we frankly can be scared by a lot of this, and it is scary. But we also have more fear of you than we do of the devil and what he's capable of. We know in the last days you're going to speak to us and guide us and direct us. And Lord, we ask you to begin that. We ask you to give us dreams and visions and angel visits at your very earliest possibility and begin to help us to walk out of the sins in our life, to live a clean life before you. And Lord, we raise our hand. We say, here, my Lord, send me. Use me in your service. Let me go out, serve you, win souls, whatever it is that I might be able to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, if there's not another question or comment, then... <laughs> You're the only church I can attend. Well, yes. I, I understand. I remember when I was out searching for churches many, many years ago, it was, it was, couldn't find them. Couldn't find them. Churches are in trouble. Churches are in trouble. Okay, I'm hoping you can have the Watchman course in January. I don't know. I just feel in here. We shouldn't do it yet. I don't know when we're going to. I think that there's just some things coming. We know a lot of things are coming. I don't know specifically which one it is, but there's some things coming. And, and I, I'm, I'm just not supposed to do it yet. And I don't know. I wish God tell me more. <laughs> he didn't tell me enough. He didn't talk to me enough. He keeps his secrets pretty close. Um, that's what he showed me in the dream. He said, you know, your people want to have a meeting. And they want to have a meeting mainly because they want to have a meeting. You want to get together and, you know, love each other and love on everybody in the meeting. And I understand that. I understand that. But. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I made two loaves from Joseph Kitchen Wheat yesterday. I <laughs> One of them finished cooking at like 11 o'clock. By the way, it's not good to eat, eat a lot of bread at 11 o'clock because there's so much energy in it, so much B12, that it may be difficult to get to sleep. But I, I got to sleep okay. But anyway, so I had uh, two loaves cooking at the same time. And... Uh, First one finished about eleven o'clock. Man, I I I I had so I, I had two slices of bread. That's almost like taking a vitamin pill before you go to bed because there's so much energy in <coughs> every one of the slices. I eat a slice or two before I go play racquetball. Which, by the way, one of those texts was I just tell a racquetball buddy of mine, "Yeah, I'm gonna play racquetball in the morning it's tomorrow morning." So anyway, yeah, if you haven't had, if you haven't. 
there, there's very few things in life that taste or even I'll say as smell as good as whole homemade whole wheat bread that you've cooked. And yesterday I made them exactly the same recipe. Sometimes I'll add a little bit more oil because I want it to be a little softer. Sometimes I add a little bit more lecithin because I want it to be maybe like stick together better. Sometimes I add more, more honey or less honey. Maybe I don't want it as sweet this time. Sometimes I don't add as much salt sometimes. So, I mean, I can change the recipe. I can make it whatever I want. And sometimes my wife uh, asks me to add things like uh, jalapenos, jalapenos. We've got all kinds of recipes. Go check josephkitchen.com out. Um, matter of fact, what, one of the things I want to do uh, when our money comes in, which, by the way, I forgot to say, I have to give you a disclaimer. Anytime I say, that God is going to give me the money drilled well in Israel, I have to give a disclaimer. And that is, we cannot guarantee that we're ever going to get the money drilled for or hit oil in Israel. But one of the things we want to do is when that money comes in, I want to buy a big warehouse. And I want to fill it with a lot of wheat, everything we need, because I, I know there is going to come a time when there's going to be a bunch of starving Americans out there. And I want to be one of them that has a warehouse full of wheat. So right now it's Joseph Kitchen that has that. We, we will see. We'll see how it all works out. We'll see. Any other questions or comments? I see, I think I see 91 people on board in one place and 73 people on board in another place. I'm not sure exactly what all that means. Anyway, it's, uh, it's about time to go. Did you enjoy me teaching about American Bible prophecy? Uh, send me a send me a comment there if you like that. I mean, there's I could still talk on Jeremiah fifty fifty one, and of course I covered Isaiah thirteen and eighteen to nine. I don't know, pretty depressing, you know. So I, I don't know if you want me to do that or not. Myra J. Taurus, your ministry is a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I see one that says, look up the master's voice prophecy. Do not. Do not. Do not. Do not. Look her up. Do not. Do not. Do not listen to her. Trying to listen to her, like trying to listen to fingers or fingernails on a chalkboard. I do not think she is hearing from God. And there's a few others out there. Yeah, I see we already took that comment off. Absolutely. No, they didn't. Well, here, I will do that right now. Right. If I can do it here. Right here.
Okay. I put that user in timeout. Don't refer people to other ministries. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I endorse them. Stick with this ministry. If you refer another ministry, um, and I guess I endorse it, I guess you're not in trouble. But if you refer one I don't endorse, then that's a good way to, to get yourself blocked. So don't do that. That's not good. So I would just not refer people to other ministries like that. I think that's that's going to get you in trouble. I try not to say bad things about other ministries, but when it's brought up on my comment area and I have to deal with it, I have to deal with it. And that's one I do not think she's hearing. By the way, I brought Leslie in. I said, what do you think of that? Or, no, I brought Leslie in. She said the same thing, but worse. <laughs> worse. I can't. Enough, enough, enough. Okay, so it's 8.01, so I guess I'm going to say goodbye. I love you. See you next week. God willing, of course.